I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. I'm your co-host, Daniela. Welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod. Please feel free to email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Alrighty, um, welcome to the podcast, Lily. Did you want to give us a little bio about yourself since you are the queen of tie-dye in 2020? <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I'm Lily. I'm from upstate New York. I just graduated from Siena College with a criminal justice degree. And um, at the end of August, I'm starting law school. So that is not tie-dye related, but that's what I do when I'm not doing tie-dye. Um, I kind of started the Kiladize, um during quarantine, and I've just been doing it every day. So, I mean, I've always tie-dyed, but like the business side of it, I started during quarantine. Um, and that's kind of, yeah. That's so cool. So I guess what in, like, you said you had um, tie-dyed for like a while before, like it was kind of your thing before, but turning it into a business, what kind of like, I guess, inspired you to make that move with it? Yeah, so, I mean, I have, like, total hippie parents, so, like, I, you know, I was, like, raised tie-dyeing, like, everything creative, like, paint on the walls, like, that kind of vibe, so I've always, like, I'm not really artistic, and, like, I can't paint, like, I can't draw, I can't do any of that kind of stuff, but I've always, like, kind of had a knack for tie-dye, and I've just kind of always done it for fun, I'm really into, like, thrifting and repurposing clothes, I don't really like to, like, spend money on like expensive stuff so I've always kind of been more into like doing my own thing and like making unique pieces um so I guess during quarantine I was just tie-dyeing like a lot because there was not really much else to do and then I was like what am I supposed to do with this literal stack of tie-dye that I have in my bedroom like I'm it wasn't even like in my size like I was just like (laughs) tie-dyeing things to tie-dye um And so I actually posted it in Kenzie Elizabeth's Facebook page. And I was like, does anyone want some tie dye? And I got like a really good response to that. And I like sold everything I had made like in that day. And it was super cool. So I was like, hmm, like this is interesting. Let's see like what I could do with this. So I made an Instagram page like kind of on a whim, like kind of expecting nothing to come of it. Um, But then it kind of like took on a life of its own and people were DMing me like wanting custom pieces and stuff. And honestly, every day, like pretty much since I think my first Instagram post I looked this up before was on April 10th. 
and ever since then I've been like doing orders every single day so it's it's been super awesome that is so cool um Sierra and I are actually in that group so it's like so (laughs) nice to hear you say that it was like you were posting in that group I had no idea that that's how like this started yeah actually yeah ironically That's so cool. Yeah, no, I posted it in there because I was like, oh, this is like a really supportive group. Like if they think my tie-dye stinks, like no one will just no one will comment <laughs> on it. Like it'll be fine. Like that's fine. And like I just kind of like at that point was like, I don't know what to do with all of this. Maybe somebody wants to like wear some tie-dye and be comfortable in quarantine. And then like it kind of, yeah. So I love that group. Everyone's so sweet and it's great. And Kenzie, I mean, Kenzie curates such like a positive platform. It's really cool to see. Yeah, it's also it's so nice to be a part of like such a community based um, positivity group. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Daniela, Daniela and I are both part of that, so we understand the love that everybody has for that. Yeah. Over like the course of um, graduating from college, take did you take your LSAT? Um, did you have to do that? Yeah, yeah, I, t- I took it a couple times. You take it? I took it actually once online during quarantine. Same. And once, it, yeah. Oh, you you took the LSAT too? I did. Yeah, we're oh. definitely gonna take her again. But yeah, yeah. I took it twice. I took it twice. Also, I took it once in January, which was actually like pretty late in the first place because I like missed the registration date. Mm. And then like I took it again during quarantine. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all there. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing um, that you've done so so well in your educational career and you're popping off on Instagram with your company what do you think um your definition of success would be um I think like it's probably it's like a very fluid thing for me like one day success could mean something to me that like the next day it doesn't like I think success for me one day would be like oh like I got out of bed and like put on real people clothes and like went and got coffee and like spent time with my brother like that could be like oh that was a successful day and then some days it's like oh I spent six hours studying for the LSAT and like completed three essays and did 40 tie-dye orders and like I I think that at the end of the day for me success is just like that at the end of the day I'm like happy with how I spent my time and like who I spent my time with so like making sure that I like prioritize those things in my life and like prioritizing the joy of the day and like creating joy for others and like whatever capacity that is so I guess like maybe like being happy at the end of the day is success yeah and it's crazy that like success can mean so many different things like you said it could change from today and tomorrow and like that's its job that's literally the entire job description of success which is like kind of crazy um has there been any kind of advice you've held to your heart during the hardships of graduating college the you know LSAT and getting into college yeah so I'm really blessed in the fact that like my parents are very supportive of like whatever I kind of choose to do so I guess like in terms of law school I was kind of like terrified of starting it and like it going online or anything like that and so they've kind of just been like you got to do like with like what you feel passionate about like how if, if, if you do it and it fails and like you hate it then that's fine and like you'll figure out something else to do or like if you start school and you want to you know 
tie-dye <laughs> full-time then like okay that's fine or like if you want to start school <laughs> next year like that's fine like it's kind of like as long as like you're feeling fulfilled in what you're doing I I've always had a lot of support in that sense I had like a pretty unconventional schooling experience like in high school and middle school I went to a bunch of different schools and stuff and they've always just kind of like been like as long as like at the end of the day you're like being nice to others and being nice to yourself like that's okay yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's something we've like learned, I guess, over this um, pandemic and everything, the uncertainty that can like go on in the world that I don't think we've like really been experienced um, or exposed to rather before. Yeah. Um, and we can totally cut this out if you're not okay with talking about this or whatnot. But um, okay. how was, I guess, your experience like growing up with switching schools? Because I know at times like that can be really hard. Um, especially when like I guess you're trying to find yourself right as you're like growing up and like experiencing different age groups yeah for sure so um, I'm I'm pretty open about this but I have um, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety Um, and so I had a lot of trouble with school um, in terms of like being within the physical like school building like with anxiety and stuff surrounding that And so um, I started out at a public school um, that I went to until sixth grade, and I just was really in a bad place in terms of my anxiety. Like, I I couldn't go to school. I was having a lot of panic attacks, and the community surrounding that school was just really negative for me. So I um, was homeschooled for, like, the rest of sixth grade. I stopped, like, going to school. And um, then I went to a super-duper tiny school. There was literally three people in my grade. It was absolutely insane. Um, but it was like the kind of supportive group that I needed. It was, it was, um, literally like people in our town call it like the hippie school because like nobody wore shoes. Like most of our education was done like outdoors. Like it it was a really great experience, but academically it wasn't what I needed. And so from there I, um, went to a a different school for eighth grade, like a small Catholic school, which I really loved, but it only went for middle school. And then in high school, I found a school um, locally that it's called Don Stewart. It's a super tiny like college prep school. Um, there's like 50 kids in my grade. And I like found like the friends there that I needed in the uh, academic success that I wanted. And like the perfect, not the professors, I'm not, that was in high school. <laughs> the, teachers, <laughs> the teachers that I had were so supportive. And so like, that's where I like truly found who I wanted to be and was happy there despite the fact that like I was still dealing with mental health things but I was able to like work them out in that space which was nice it's crazy that we grow up like with problems that we think are like the end of the world and then we still have them when we're like young adults 20s mid-20s I'm 19 and some of the same problems that I had in middle school when I switched schools I'm like why did I do that I switched schools in like sixth fifth to sixth grade and then re-switched um at the beginning of high school Mm -hmm. and that was really hard so I understand like how different a shift would be uh trying to navigate your education at such a young age with it being kind of in your hands but like not really like you have no choice (laughs) yeah and it's interesting too because like that I I'm sure I mean maybe you don't relate but I I assume you do but like it's that's really like that's when you become so concrete in like who you are because you have to go from place to place and like remain being yourself like regardless of who else you're around and like obviously it's really easy in those ages to like shift and act differently than like you know there's like sometimes I like look at pictures from high school and I'm like 
am I wearing neon orange skinny jeans? Like, who is she? Like, what is going on? Like, because, like, now if you, like, look at, like, me, like, I'm usually either in tie-dye or, like, probably all black. Like, I'm not really, like, and then, so it's, like, so interesting that, like, although, like, obviously my morals and values have stayed pretty much the same, like, you can shift so much, like, depending on who you're around and everything like that. It's crazy to see. What made you want to pursue criminal justice? Yeah, so um, I started off college as a psychology major, um, which obviously changed, but I, started, <laughs> I knew I wanted to work with people. Um, I knew I wanted to be like, do a people-focused career. I actually took um, a gap year after high school to open a nonprofit with my family, so I knew that I wanted to stay people-focused, and with psychology, I thought, you know, like, oh, like, I, you know, I like learning about mental health and everything like that, but then I realized quickly that like I'm not really a science person <laughs> and uh when you do psychology you know you need to memorize all these brain things and uh it just wasn't my thing um <laughs> and I took a like criminal justice class my freshman year and I've always been like uh like done a lot of like activism and like human rights stuff um so I've always like known about the criminal justice field but I just never you know totally envisioned myself in it but after taking that class I had um a, a professor who really um, influenced me in the fact that she was like so passionate and I was like whoa like I feel like I could be that passionate about like what she's talking about and like learning about that and um, I actually spent uh, the last year and a half in college teaching in a prison setting with that professor and it like that just solidified the fact that like I want to be a lawyer and like I want to work in the criminal justice system and like see change in the criminal justice system so I guess, like, it was through, like, literally just through, like, the classes I sat in and, like, the education outside of class that I was doing that made me so passionate about the criminal justice system. I have, like, two questions I want to ask you. I'm just so intrigued because I'm, like, we have, like, a lot of, like, overlapping, like, interests, I find, from what I've been hearing on your end, so. That's really um, awesome. Yeah, like, I'd love to ask you more about, like, the nonprofit you started with your family, like. I guess, how was that experience with starting it? And also, I guess maybe if you could tell us more what it's about. Sure. So when my mom turned 50, (laughs) she sat us. So I'm one of six, but um, me and my two older brothers, like the the oldest three were like out of the house by the time this happened. So it was just me and two of my brothers and my dad and my mom. And she like sat us down at the kitchen table and she was like, I have to talk to you guys about something. And we were like, okay. She was like, "Um, I want to quit my job and start a nonprofit and our lifestyle will change a little bit because obviously like I won't have an income for a while, but like, I don't want to like spend the rest of my life, like not doing this. And we were like, okay like what's your idea (laughs) and she was like um she wanted to start we started a program called the South End Children's Cafe and um basically it's an after-school program that works to fight food insecurity in the South End of Albany which is um one of the most food insecure places in our area it's actually where my mom grew up um but so she wanted to start that program my dad's really passionate about food justice and my mom's really passionate about like kids and um you know, finding positive community. So basically we were all like, okay, like that sounds great. Um, you know, like we, we live a very privileged lifestyle. Like we don't, you know, they were like, you know, maybe we'll go out to dinner less. Like it wasn't like anything where it was like, oh, we can't give that up for the benefit of others. And there wasn't really like any, um, like hesitation within any of us. We were all kind of like, okay, awesome. Like that sounds great. Like if that's what you want to do, we'll support you. 
and after high school, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yet, I, you know, I talked to my mom and I was like, hey, like, can I do this with you? And she was like, are you kidding? Like, that's amazing. I didn't want to like, you know, have you do that with me and like not go right to school. But like, if that's what you want to do, like, let's do it. And so her and I like kind of became a team and we had meetings with legislators and meetings with community leaders and meetings with people in the community. And um, yeah, we started and we've been open for five years now. And um, it's really great. The kids are amazing. We have an amazing chef from the community who serves uh, like local healthy food to the kids every day. And um, yeah. That's so awesome. And I think um, what's so enlightening about everything you had just said was a lot of the time in like Western cultures, we think that there aren't really like underlying issues or um, people who aren't as privileged as some mm-hmm. of us um, that right. are like within our community or even within like our city or our province or right. state. Sorry for you guys. I'm in Canada. That's why I'm saying <laughs> yeah. province. But, no, it's okay. Same thing. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, like, I don't think we realize like that there are like people facing like these issues that we don't even think about on a daily basis so it's really like heartwarming like to hear you talk about how you and your family have like taken this on and been able to like help your community yeah both of my parents always worked in human service fields so like even when my mom was working um before the cafe she worked in nonprofit. my dad always my dad's a drug addictions counselor so like they've always Mm -hmm. worked in human service fields so it was just kind of like a natural shift of like someone else being the boss and like them being their own bosses in terms of the nonprofit. But yeah, it was a pretty natural shift for our family, but it was like a really great one, I think, overall. Add time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is that you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's also nice to note that there are actual human beings doing like good things in the world and it's not just the one percent of people pretending to make a difference you know what I mean it's nice to know that like somebody that we can talk to i.e you has like (laughs) have been a part of something that is doing so great within a community that hopefully it inspires somebody whoever listens to this to you know decide to yes I'm going to do that nonprofit and help the community that they belong to yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, yeah, for sure. It's It's been really great, and it's been equally as great like, for us creating those relationships within the community. I've met so many incredible people, and I'm really grateful for it. The other question I wanted to ask you was about um, teaching within, like, a prison setting. How was that? Like, I can imagine, like, because of, like, the stereotypes and everything, it does mm-hmm. – like when you hear it you do like blink once or twice you know um yeah. like how was that experience and everything yeah so my senior capstone project was creating a um college not exactly college credited because it's not approved yet but mm-hmm. like a college based learning program in a local jail 
um, near me. So that was the goal of my senior capstone because they, that's not available here. Um, but bef while I was in the process of doing that, my professor invited me to um, TA with her in the class that she teaches, which is a freshman seminar class. Um, and so I was doing that with her. And then about like the middle of the semester, probably to, I don't know the exact timeline, but before COVID, um, we had started the class in the jail that I had built through my capstone, but obviously it got shut down um, due to COVID, but we're hoping to start that again once um, the world opens back up. But honestly, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had, and I'm going to continue to um, volunteer there, hopefully when everything opens back up. But um, I think like education is one of those things that like really brings people together because at the end of the day, like if you're discussing say, I don't know, like um, The Caged Bird by Maya Angelou, say you're discussing that in your college classroom, it's not that much different discussing that in a behind bars college classroom because it you're reading the same poem and although you might interpret it differently, everyone's interpreting it differently. The kid next to me at Siena is interpreting it differently and the man next to me within the prison setting is interpreting it differently, but we can still all discuss it and we can still all pull themes from it. And I think education like really brings people together. Um, and so I, I'm really passionate about um, college behind bars and it's something I definitely want to continue doing. Absolutely. And like, I think from like my own uh, background, like something my mom always um, tried to emphasize to me, and I feel like we all like kind of know this, but it doesn't really register until you like take a moment to think about it, mm. is that each person is like their own little world, like each person yeah. is a world in themselves. They have feelings like they were basically like the same as you like they react the same way to things. Um, they're hurt by things, etc. Um, and they think differently as well at times. But um, yeah, so I think like it's really important in that way to be able um, for everyone to really have education. Yeah, Do you I think that. Um, that like that experience changed your definition of success? Um, I think in a sense, yeah, definitely in, in terms of like success being different for every single person. Um, I think that, you know, for some of the people in like my classes, success is getting an A on a paper. And for others, it's, you know, getting through their pre-college class in terms in able to start taking accredited college class. And for mm -hmm. others, it's to finish the college class so that when they are released, they can go enroll in a college outside of um, the prison setting. So I think that like success is different for every person or there's people where it's like success is being able to like call their son and say, hey, like I'm in a college class, you know, so it's like success is different for every single person. Um, and I don't think that there's like any type of success that like can be invalidated, like at all, like anything that you feel is success for you is success. Say it louder for the people <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why we're here. We like, there's literally not one definition that it could be one uh, invalid thing mm -hmm. at all um everybody deserves success yeah. every single person on this planet no matter anything that they've gone through their past their present or their future they all deserve it whether or not it's going to work whether or not it's making dinner it's all the same and as long as you're happy that's all that matters I that. yeah I really love that are there any yeah are there any 
but let me rephrase this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, words, what are they? I don't know. <laughs> During all of your experiences, would there be, if you had the chance to speak in front of a million people for them to only listen to what you're saying about anything, what would you say? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I, I'm i going to kind of echo what you said about each person has like a whole world behind them. You can never judge a person just from looking at them and from what they deem as their success. If someone's going through a tough time and their success is getting out of bed in the morning, then like we need to applaud that. Or if someone's success is that they just got their doctorate, then like we need to applaud that. And that like every single person needs the support system and needs the people behind them to believe in what they're doing, whether it's running a business or going to college or going to middle school or, you know, being a carpenter or a plumber or being an artist, like everyone has their own journey. And that's something that we all need to accept and like love about the people around us because that's what makes us all unique. And that's the thing too. I like, I think what comes with that is like, you, you're going to need a plumber at some point. Like not everyone can decide to just not like, not everyone's going to want to go to university. Not everyone's going to want to go to college. Not everyone is going to want to not do those things. Some people are going to want to, it's just like to each their own, you know? Yeah, In exactly. That way. But I so do true. think education is like a key part as what you're like, what you were saying in that way. Yeah, and I think education can look different for everyone. Like, getting your GED is just as exciting as graduating from high school. Like, it's, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, and things like that. Like, just because it's not a traditional path doesn't make it any less important. And I think a lot of the time we don't like always know what's going on behind in people's lives because yeah. you know, like, not everyone's going to want to openly share some of their hardships. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to get into talking about Kiladize before we. <laughs> I know, right? We haven't even touched on that. that I'm I'm like, um, so yeah, you did explain at the beginning, like what kind of like prompted you to make it into a business, but um, have you experienced kind of challenges with it? And like, how have you coped with that, I guess, and come out of it? Yeah, so I'm definitely a people pleaser. Um, And in terms of that, like, there'll, there'll be times when like someone will message me and be like, can you get me three sets by like, three days from now and like in my head I want to be like yeah of course like I got you but then I'm like Lily like you cannot do that like you have other people who already ordered from you like that is not like so I guess like I don't have any technical like I've taken business classes but I don't have like technical business background like my background is in criminal justice Uh and nonprofit, which are such like people pleasing fields so like I'm always like yeah like I just want to make you happy and it's like you can make people happy, but still, like, prioritize, like, your time and the time of other people's orders. So, like, I think for me, it's, like, some days I'm up till three in the morning tie-dyeing, and that's fine because I'm making that decision to do that. But at the same time, it's, like, I also have to be, like, okay, Lily, like, normal people work 40-hour work weeks. Like, that's normal. Like, that doesn't mean that you need to be up till 3 a.m. every morning. Like, you told people, it's three to four weeks for an order like they know that so like that doesn't mean you have to get it to them in four days like (laughs) so like I think just like understanding that and also like everyone has been so kind like I haven't honestly had anyone 
be like negative like every even if like someone's like oh like we've hit that like three week mark like is my order coming soon and I'm like oh yeah like I actually like just shipped it out or like I'm shipping it out tomorrow no one's ever been like rude or mean or anything everyone's always been like super kind which has been really nice to see I think small business has gotten like a lot of really positive um I don't know what word I'm looking exposure I guess like during um quarantine I think there's been a lot of like positivity in terms of small business that I've loved seeing and it's crazy because like we all belong to like a quote-unquote demographic mm-hmm. per se you know what I mean with the whole Kenzie Elizabeth like Facebook group <laughs> yeah so uh like That's that great, type of great demographic <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Like, I... and I feel like everybody who is a part of that demographic is so nice literally mm-hmm. about any single thing in this entire world yeah for sure and I've also seen like you know like obviously all of the people who order for me don't follow Kenzie but like a lot of people like do <laughs> and I think it's because she's like posted my stuff and everything which I'm so grateful to her for doing um but yeah like overall and also I just feel like a lot of our orders are like people like our age and a lot like mostly females I do have some males that order but mostly females and I think that there's been like such a girl power movement going on that's so cool of like girls just being like like let's support each other like there's no need for us to bring each other down like what's the point like I don't know it's been cool to see like other also like other women who are also doing tie-dye like we like share resources with each other it's not like oh you're stealing my customer it's like oh no like this is the shade of dye I'm using and like let it soak for eight hours and like it's like it's cool to see like everyone kind of working together that's crazy we I'm not a part of like the small business community or tie-dye community not artistic on this side of the (laughs) this is art podcast is art (laughs) I could talk that's my form of art um so it's actually crazy that you guys are able to like help each other I would have never I honestly would have never thought that you know all kinds of women and other artistic people were nice to each other and not just (laughs) out to get you and want to crush your spirits no it's cool it's cool like someone will message me I mean obviously it's not everyone like there's some people who are like lol I'm not telling you where I got those pants like you're just gonna make them but I think that there's like also a mutual respect of of like if I see someone's pants like I'm not gonna make the same pants because she already makes those pants like and I think that that's something you don't see in like the corporate like fast fashion world it's like fast fashion is mostly people recreating other people's ideas and so Mm -hmm. it's cool to have that like mutual respect of like oh you're doing that like you rock on and like I'll repost it but like I'm not gonna go like recreate it and like put my name on it when it was your idea yeah, for literally, like, that's crazy. Like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. We <laughs> wrap our heads around that. Yeah, like, wow, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Sure. We're all about manifestation on this podcast. So um, if you want to share, if not, that's totally cool as well. Do you have any, like, goals that you want to achieve with Kiladice or that you're looking towards? Yeah, so um, it's I, I'm almost at 3,000 followers. So that's a current goal. Um. I also, I want to make some, like, new products um, that I don't sell yet, so I'm hoping to do, like, a line with that. I'm also working on a website, which has been, I'm not really tech savvy, so um, I've, been, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of tutorials. Um, I I got a Cricut recently, so I'm going to start doing some, like, uh, you know, like, screen, it's not screen printing, I guess, because it's, like, transfer, but like doing some designs on the tie-dye so I'm gonna like 
be messing around with that for a bit. And um, I definitely like really want to maintain this while I'm in law school. So I think just finding balance, like I've been able to pour all of my time into this during quarantine. But once school starts, I think I definitely um, I'm going to have to like schedule out like we've said, like kind of days all blur into each other. But once I start school, like I can't really allow that to happen anymore. So no, ma'am. No, <laughs> yeah, ma'am. <definitely> <laughs> <not>. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to definitely have to I'm such a go with the flow person but like with this I need to not be so I'm gonna you know get a really good planner maybe a digital planner who knows if you guys have any recs let me know but um yeah I need to figure that out (laughs) I know the Facebook group has tons of recs yes I see every single day yeah I'm gonna manifest organization that's gonna be my manifest goal oh me and you both girlfriend me and you both (laughs) But if not, everyone go follow Kiladice. Get them to 3,000 followers. <laughs> yes, we'll help you get there. Thank and then you. is there any other like small business you'd like to shout out um, to give a spotlight to, especially during the pandemic, and to emphasize um, supporting small businesses? Yeah, so there's this um, woman I follow. Her account is Jane Dottie Vintage. She um, she's a Black-owned business. We love her. Oh, you love her? Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just, like, obsessed with her account. Like, I just ordered stuff from her, like, for myself, and I mean, she's, like, she has, like, 10,000 followers. Like, she's way bigger than I am, but I just, I just love her stuff, and I, she's so consistent. Like, I know when I open Instagram, she's gonna have posted a story or a post, and I just think that's so cool. Like, and she's just such a boss. Like, I just I just want to be her. Like, <laughs> she's so cool. And I've talked to her a couple times, and she's just, like, so passionate. And, yeah, I just love her. So Jane Dottie Vintage on Instagram. She's great. <laughs> we actually recorded with her, like, probably a week or two ago, I think. So, oh, no way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her. So, her yeah, stuff stay tuned for that. Or it might be already out at that <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love her stuff. I'm trying to think if there's. I don't know. I there's so many small businesses. I've on. T- do you, are you guys involved in TikTok? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. TikTok? No, yeah, honestly, like that's so much, so much time of mine goes on to that. But um, I love like the small business community on TikTok that I've sub- like. I guess my for you page like is mm-hmm. watching me, as they say. Like I don't even really post on TikTok, but like all the small businesses are on there, so I always find like really cool ones through there, too. That's definitely a good resource. Yeah, no, I have like noticed it's it's really cool to see like when a business like a small business has their own TikTok and like they show yeah. like their products and whatnot. No, it's it's definitely a cool resource. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but I have come across some. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see a lot of gals doing that. And then for our last question, um, is there anything you want our listeners to take away from the plethora of things that we've talked about? um yeah just kind of like be yourself follow what makes you happy if making tie-dye makes you happy then make tie-dye if going to law school makes you happy go to law school or do both do you know do whatever makes you happy if you want to be a construction worker or a plumber like please like kind of just do whatever makes you happy and don't let anyone tell you that what you're doing isn't valid no matter what that path is and uh, keep listening to the Making Sense of Success podcast. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. No, your, your podcast is so cool. Like, it's the variety of people you have on is so awesome. Oh, I love thank it. Thank you. Awesome.
As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 